How good are you willing to have it? It's a lot, isn't it? Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of It's A Lot with Abby Chatfield. Um, This week, I have some exciting news. Our podcast group has just reached 10,000 members. So if you aren't already a member in there, jump in there. It's on Facebook if you search It's A Lot with Abby Chatfield podcast group. Um, We have some great conversations. We have an episode thread so we can discuss all the things in the app. Um, And I also post random random shit in there that I just think will be interesting. I use it as like my personal group chat. Anyway, back to the episode. So this week, I think this has to be one of my favorite episodes um, that we've done so far. Um, These guests are the three women who host a podcast called Clit Talk, and it's described as a sex edutainment. That's how they say it. I always get it wrong. Sex edutainment. So it's educational, but it's also entertainment. Um, the podcast is called Clit Talk and their names are Sugar, Katie and Lindsay. So there are some books mentioned throughout this uh, podcast. They are called Pussy, A Reclamation by Regina Thomas Hauer. Thomas Hauer. I'm going to link all these. Opening Up and Ethical Slut. So I'm going to link all these in the um, uh, the show notes And I'll also link their Instagram and their podcast as well. So you can listen if you like what they're about. They are three women from LA. They're very open about sex. Um, Two of them have experience in an open relationship. One of them has been married for 12 years in a monogamous relationship. They all attended a sex party two Halloweens ago before um, quarantine. Wow, what a strange concept. And um, I just found this conversation really invigorating. I actually almost forgot we were recording a podcast because... I we ended up filming um sorry recording I think a total of three hours because I went on their podcast um and it felt like it was an hour and I wish I'd gone to LA um to meet them like I was supposed to but we got the podcast done anyway now my um my uh vocal I don't know my what's it called my sound quality, there we go, of me, of my mic isn't very good because I don't have a mic that can plug in the computer. So it's still, you can still hear it. It'll be fine. It's all good. I can understand it well. Um, and to be honest, it would be an extra hour of editing if I put in all of my clips that I have for my mic. And to be honest, guys, I didn't want to do that. You know why? Because I'm sick of editing this podcast. I'm sick of having to listen to my own voice. So... Um, I love the podcast. I didn't mean like that. It's like when you break, when you like yell at someone, you're like, well, I hate you. And it's like, I didn't actually hate you. No, I'm just sick of hearing my own voice. So the less time I can spend hearing my own voice, the more time I can spend doing other fun things and creating ridiculous content for you guys. Anyway, here we go. Here is the episode with the hosts of Clit Talk, Katie, Sugar and Lindsay. All right. Hello, everyone. 
I'm here with the cast of Clit Talk. We've got Katie, Lindsay and Sugar, which my accent completely butchers and it sounds like a bogan from up north. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are we love your and, accent. Oh my God, I know. And they keep some of my I accent. I think your voice is to, sexy as fuck. <laughs> no, I tried to explain to them that I'm from Queensland, so it's actually a really negative thing. Um, so they're all from Los Angeles, which is a thrill. You know, we've gone trans-Pacific. Um, and I'm so excited to have them on here. They host a podcast called Clit Talk, as I said, and it's a sex education. That's how you describe it. That's sex edutainment. Sex edutainment. Edutainment. I just made sex education a shorter word, didn't I? I've had it one and a half, so I feel like we're a bit behind. Um, so sex edu- edutainment um, podcast, and they are here today to give you guys all their knowledge about sexual empowerment, open relationships. They went to a sex party at one point, so stay tuned. But first of all, <laughs> I'm going to ask you all, what's been a lot this week? Okay. Lindsay, kick us off. <laughs> all right, all right. So what's been a lot this week? So um, I don't know when this is going to be airing, but while we're being recorded, we are in full-on, like, quarantine lockdown in Los Angeles. And on a positive note, what's been a lot for me is, so I'm in a newer relationship with a guy who really actually allows me to express my sexual kink. So um, a shout out to Jaya, the erotic blueprint. Um, I took her quiz and what I, what I discovered about myself is that I am 50% kinky. <laughs> is one of her, <laughs> I'm apparently an extremely kinky person. But what was identified for me, which was so powerful, is that I am like a cerebral kink. So what I really enjoy is fantasy and role play and for the first time I have a partner who is willing to do that with me full-heartedly so what's been a lot is I've been having a lot of like (laughs) fantasy role play which has been really fucking hot and like the latest the latest fantasy is like um I I come up with these like (laughs) these kind of really tab I'm in a taboo so like the latest thing is I am an up and coming escort and he is the guy who tests out all the escorts for the pimp in the middle of us, like making love. We discover that we actually have real feelings for each other. And then we try to figure it out. That makes me so happy. That makes me actually thrilled. Like I literally go so far as is like, I put my full clothes. I I told him, I was like, okay, I'm going to put my full clothes on. I'm going to walk out to the front door. I'm going to knock on the front door and pretend like it's not even my house. We're at my house. And I want you (laughs) to slowly take my clothes off. I want you to ask permission for everything. And we're going to play this out. Like, I don't even know you. And it's like the hottest fucking thing ever to have a partner that actually plays out your kink is like the biggest, most exciting thing. And we're in quarantine. So I'm like, it's been a oh lot of fantasy play for me. That totally, that's amazing because I feel like, see, I I'm I must be a cerebral. I don't know what this. You need to link me this thing that you did because I yeah. need to find out what I'll I am. I'll send it to you. Yeah, but yeah. I'm such a words person. Like if I'm sexting someone, I'll be like voice note me. Like I don't want to have a text. I want to hear you talk while I masturbate. So, but the mm. fact that you've gone a step further and you've done that. Do you get paid? <laughs> Is he paying you? Hey, no, he's my boyfriend. Yeah, but still. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that could be a part my, of my the boyfriend. fantasy. Oh, actually, that could be yeah. like if there was like a like a like a, a funny kind of ca- 
Oh, you're right. And then you pay for dinner Abby, or something. So thank you. Like, um, that's yeah. the next step in this. That's the You'll next step. Get a step bunch of ones. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like make it put rain, the money baby. on make the nightstand. <laughs> yeah, on the nightstand or like under the under the like doormat or something, and you're like, oh, for me. But what? <laughs> what? What's What's so hot for me is that it's like you know when you get into a relationship, like we've been dating for like almost like eight months now, and I feel like when you have sex with someone, it's like you initially start sex naked and what's something that's always missing from me is the the slowly the permission based of taking off the clothes which has always been a huge turn on for me so to bring that back into the scenario it's been a lot of like orgasms for me is what it's been. i love that i need to take some pages out of your book and start doing that um <laughs> with my it's hot with my i don't say that i have a boyfriend on this podcast so my um my friend um hey who's next I so what's been a lot. lot for me is like a whole yeah. 180 from Lindsay <laughs> That's but fine. it does have a happy ending um i have a nine month old and uh i've been married for uh six years but with my husband for 12 so mm -hmm. um we have been in a very different place during this quarantine and it's been a lot navigating sharing childcare and working and um taking care of everything in the house so what we've really discovered is we both have a commitment to keep the pleasure alive in our life and we're the rule in our house is everyone gets everything they want all the time so we just have to figure out ways in order to make that happen. So it's been a lot figuring this one out because normally we can bring other people in to help us, you know, pick up the slack around the house so we have more freedom to be together or take time for ourselves. So we have actually, now that the panic has kind of subsided and we've really sunk into the quarantine life um we've really found space where we're since we're doing everything together we need time apart so we've have designated different places in our house at different times and we have really organized times apart and then when we come together it's so much more fresh and hot to the point where we actually had sex twice in one day, what? which we literally have not done since I think when maybe we were we did on our honeymoon, but I don't even know if we did it then. I think this was like the beginning of our relationship like 12 years ago. Oh and this was just last weekend. So I am really thrilled <laughs> and proud of us oh for God. where we started. Yeah, like doomsday prepper like to like, oh, owning the, you know, yeah. sex fest 2020. <laughs> I'm going to go off script, Katie, and I'm just yeah. going to like, so like, like off script, like I was friends with actually, I was actually friends with her husband first before I met Katie. Yeah, oh. I, I stole Lindsay. Yeah, he's, she stole me. Oh my God. And I remember him talking about how hot the sex was when they first met. Katie, I'm just going to put you on the spot. Tell, oh, man. Tell, tell people the first time you got sex, what happened? Oh my God, tell oh me. Oh my God. Please tell me, Katie. Please tell me, Katie. Please tell me. So we were, we were on the Vans Warp Tour, because he's a, he's a music he was he was a Katy Perry's guitar player. Oh my yeah. god! And music director. Yeah. So oh my god, um, that. so but this is this was the summer. She this is two thousand eight. This was the summer I kissed a girl came out, and she there were sixteen girls on tour, and she was just you know one a, a homie getting her makeup done, and we were all chilling in the 
bathrooms getting ready together. And um, so the story of the first time we had sex was my bus broke down and it was stuck in Canada. And Ethan and I had our first date there in Winnipeg. And um, Ethan sent a moped over to my bus to basically rescue me so that I could continue on with the tour and take me on to Katie's bus because she was like, she can stay. And their tour manager was like, no, she can't. Katie was like, fuck off. (laughs) But like, but Katie obviously, you know, ran the show. So I was able to stay there. And the first time we had sex was in one of the, um, you know, in on the tour bus. And I was on my period. Is this the story you want to hear Lindsay yeah my period he like took out my tampon because I was like I'm on my period I don't really know if you want to do this and he's like I don't care and like sex (laughs) get being dirty for us has been like such a kink and a freeing part of our relationship Mm -hmm. I'm really into uh, I've always really been into anal play Mm -hmm. we call her our our resident anal ninja (laughs) She's like fucking anal ninja. Not the most explorative one on the show, but I that is one of my things that I um that I really enjoy and I always have. And um and he was just super into whatever was gonna happen and it was very, very sexy. Oh my god, I love that. See, I, I when I first met my ex boyfriend, um, we I had the little you know the the rod you can get in for birth control? In your arm? Yeah. What are you going the, with, uh, I, the IUD? No, the one on your arm. It, we call it an implant. Oh, an, an oh. implant. An implant. Yeah, an yeah, implant. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And um, I was bleeding for the first three months of our relationship. So period sex oh, to Jesus. us. Yeah, it was horrible. Then I got it out. But period sex to us was just normal sex. We were like, we're not, not going to fuck. So when I hear, I love stories like that because a lot of um, DMs that I get from younger women are like, I'm really embarrassed about my period. And I'm like, I can't even fathom it. So I love that there are other stories for my listeners about like it being normal and it being a turn on. And I get so horny my period as well. I get oh, yeah. So, and, and it also helps with period pain. It does yeah, because it, it does. releases the oxytocin, the, mm-hmm. you know, hormone. And mm-hmm. um, that decreases inflammation in your body, which essentially decreases pain. Mm-hmm. So I'm also a nurse. So Katie's I'm a registered nurse. Katie's a registered nurse. Yeah. So, uh, Sugar, how about you? What's been a lot? All right. So normally my life is already a lot. All right. <laughs> it's already a lot. <laughs> you're actually good. You're good at being a lot. Like, it's weird. You're actually lot. very good at that. Americans usually can't do Thank it. You. But I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. I'm I'm actually like really considering going and doing voiceover because I can I can do a lot of ac- a lot of voiceover work. Exactly. Um, so so just to give a little background. So my name is Sugar. Uh, born and raised in California, uh, raised by two New Yorkers, um, you know, 70% Ashkenazi Jewish. I got like 16% Sicilian in me, uh, Italian, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, I'm, and I'm a triple Aries, just to give a little background. So I'm this like 
very, I'm 26 years old as well. Uh, I've been married uh, since 23. I've been with my husband now. We've been together for six years. Um, a year into our marriage, so about 2018, we decided to explore non-monogamy. And so we are in what we call a committed non-monogamous relationship. There's a lot of term, a lot of terminology out there. <laughs> uh, you might have heard open relationships, poly. Uh, there's uh, specific definitions for what each of these are. Well, me and my husband, we've created our own definition. Um, and mm-hmm. so we call it committed non-monogamous. We can go into that a little bit later, but just to give you an idea, like my life's always a lot. It's always extra, mm-hmm. you know, there's, uh, and so what I, you know, I'm a curator and creator of what I like to call like really like adult, uh, healing, uh, uh, play dates. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like is very consent based, uh, sensual experiences, kind of psychedelic party atmosphere. Uh, you know, it's, there's a container for healing. There's usually some sort of embodiment, embodiment work or meditation or Tantra that kicks off the whole evening. Uh, and it's really in the name of healing in the name of pleasure. And so every weekend, whether it's, you know, four of us, six of us, eight of us, 20 of us, 40 of us, right? There we have a community. And so uh, needless to say, being in quarantine, it went from life being a lot to life being a lot of monogamy. (laughs) So what's been a lot this week is a a lot lot of monogamy. Yeah, right? Oh my God, that's so different for you. Fucking it's like going turkey. from like 100 to zero instead of... Exactly. You did, you did have, like a, cold turkey, you did have a Zorgie, though. I did have a, a Zorgie. Zorgie. Oh, I love That's that. Cool. So, I mean, look at... Like, here's the thing. My expression sexually comes through, like, I love being a leader. When I get to be a leader and a facilitator and a catalyst for people, first of all, being it just makes me be of service which is so grounding and so healing. And I think people, I I can be, you know, a little bit misunderstood in terms of like, why do I do this? And like, oh, I'm a sex addict and all this stuff. But really, I'm a leadership addict. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm addicted to the healing that I know that's available through, um, uh, being vulnerable, you know, in, in a, in a sexual context. And I've coached a lot of people in the, throughout, during experiences themselves. So going from, um, you know, what, what I, what is actually called partnered non-monogamy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, which I can break that down a little bit more later, um, going from partner non-monogamy like every weekend in some way, shape, or form, whether it's uh, with two other, you know, with another couple, two other couples, to all of a sudden just cold turkey monogamy. Mm. It's a lot. It's a lot of monogamy, and, it, and it's mm-hmm. been beautiful. Um, my partner and I have been able to, you know, just really work on our intimacy with ourselves, and um, I, it's been it's been a lot I feel like sugar is sugarcoating it. Like it's all, it's been beautiful, but it's also been like a, a, a legitimate struggle for you. Well, up until, so we had an incredible uh, coach come on our show, um, Sarah Grace, the sensual sorceress. And it was really confronting at first. Like I was having the experience that I did in my first, in the beginning of the relationship of like, when we were, when we were monogamous of like, being needy around sex and like not realizing it and then actually like 
going reverse and like then kind of just being like waiting for it. So being more like resigned and like just chillax, but really that's like (laughs) a guard of like not really fully being in my feminine power and receiving. And so I was, I was in a total roadblock. We had Sarah Grace come on the show and this episode just came out, um, last week. And mm-hmm. if you listen to it, it's episode one Oh five. If any of your mm-hmm. listeners want to tune in, I sound like the grumpiest cat on the block. Like you were, I'm you were a total, so upset. Yeah, you I were such so a bitch triggered. that night. <laughs> I was so triggered. Yeah. I was, I literally sound like such a bitch. Like it doesn't sound, I was so confront. I'd really like, I'm a human too, you know, like I'd been dealing mm. with some really big shit coming up. Right. Cause like in the absence of all, of the extra stuff in life like I was really grappling and we had Sarah Grace come on the show right after this episode and her coaching and like the support of our community is like badass like all of our partners were on that show it was a cock talk clit talk like you know yeah we do yeah we do we do episodes where we bring our partners partners, on or we do episodes with all men and like hear men's percent we call it cock talk instead of clit talk yeah it's so good it's so great the men are such like a contribution to the conversation And so since then, that was probably almost a month ago, but the episode just released, um, 105 released the week before this one. And um, it's like the transformation has been incredible. So like we've had sex, like we're back to like how often we have sex, which went from like once a week to like authentically three to four times a week again. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I had to come back into my body. I had to get grounded again. Like I was putting so mm-hmm. much, I, 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 there was so much power externally. So when I say like non-monogamy has been a lot, like it really has been, like it was mm-hmm. not easy the first month yeah. of quarantine. And it's only been like fucking how I want it to be mm-hmm. the last two weeks. I love really? your I love your way of saying that you having sex authentically three or four times a week, mm. which is a really nice way to put it because I think a lot of the time mm. you think I should be fucking my boyfriend once a week or, or three times a week or sometimes sometimes a month, and it it becomes a pressure that doesn't make it anywhere near as enjoyable. And when it is authentic, mm. you can feel that difference in it not mm, yeah. being like one person feels pressure to do it. So and not in a non consensual way, just in like a well, this should happen because we're together. And I love right. that differentiation yeah. of authentically happening and being, um, I guess, a given or an expectation. So well, I and I can add to that. It's like I've had, I've had relationships where it did feel like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a, a lot of it has to do with learning your partner's, like, exotic blueprint, right? Like... Mm-hmm. I, for so many years, felt so suppressed because I didn't know what to ask for. But Mm -hmm. having a partner that actually really gives me what I need, sex doesn't feel like a chore anymore. Like, I'm excited to have sex. Even in, Mm -hmm. like, I've been dating this guy for almost a year, and I am still so excited to have sex with him. Like, Mm -hmm. normally at this point in a relationship, I'm like, it starts to feel like a chore. So I think there's real power in, you know, knowing what your sexual archetype is and, like, empowering that for you and your partner. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. realizing the worth of that as well in a relationship rather than being, like, I think a lot of uh people just go oh well sex is just an add-on but it's actually a very vital part of a relationship mm-hmm. um particularly i oh, think yeah. in australia like it, my friends in australia i don't know about in the u.s but a lot of my friends would be like oh well you know like 
to me because I'd be like, well, sex is probably the top two or three things in a relationship for me because it's the things that differentiates between um, a friendship for me anyway. And people yeah. would be like, well, you're being you're being um, frivolous or you're being vain or you're, it doesn't matter. And I think having that connection, like you were saying, Lindsay, kind of shows an understanding of each other anyway on a on a deeper level. And I love that. Yeah. Um, mm. Okay, well, that was a lot, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was a lot. That was a lot. We're a lot. <laughs> We're all a lot, and I love it. I, could, I, I just wish I was in LA to have drinks with you guys. Okay. I so know. It's got to happen. I know. The next, um, the next segment is uh, listener questions. So we've got two questions Ooh. for you guys, and I chose these ones because I felt like you as a whole could really help with these ones. Uh, and the first one is one that I've actually gotten a few times in, like, a few different ways. Because I do my advice column and my, I do Instagram stories and I get this question quite a lot. So I've kind of condensed it into just one. I've lost my libido almost entirely during COVID. I feel like I'm operating at a frequency that I can't maintain and my stress levels are so high. My boyfriend and I are long distance and all the advice to have FaceTime or phone sex isn't really helping and it only makes more pressure on myself. Help. So how would you advise someone who is in a long-distance relationship during COVID and they can't travel to see their partner and everyone's advice is just do FaceTime sex? And it's like, well, yeah. if her libido's gone because of the stress, yeah. what, what does she do? So... My husband and I uh, lived. Apart. Husband and I um, lived apart for almost the first six years of our relationship because he was on tour and I was on location, and um, we saw each other on hiatus. So we were long distance. And um, the thing that I wish I would have told myself that I now know from doing clit talk is sometimes you just need to take a step back, sink into your body, take a deep breath. And what I've learned on this show is you can put your hand on your pussy and listen to what she wants. Yes. And that is first connecting to yourself, developing an intimate relationship to yourself. You don't have to give anything externally like, you know, have FaceTime sacks, like do all the things to connect. Like maybe you just need to. I think this time is a really important time to go inward. Mm-hmm. And see what is at the root of what's really pulling her anxiety um, out and how can she ground herself. And that's something that um, I started to develop a, a pleasure practice. I had never masturbated before starting the show. It was something I didn't think women really did. No one ever talked to me about it. I'm 35 years old. So mm-hmm. um, it it's something that um, – and it doesn't have to be masturbation. It could just be – it could be any – thing just to listen and connect and ground yourself and become really embodied yeah um to relieve some of that stress yeah I think I think that a a um I think especially when you're separated from someone that you have feelings for it can be really stressful and there can be a lot of pressure but this is also a really beautiful opportunity to really get centered in what turns you on and really develop a um I'm going to say like a personal pleasure practice because when when the word masturbation is used, it can really intimidate people. Mm-hmm. It can be it can be something. So we we actually have a um, 
a pleasure course, which we offer for free on our website. It's clittalkshow.com. It's free. You sign up. We just send it to you. It's some of our best experts. We have tantric experts, all different people, because pleasure can be something as simple as running your fingers on your legs and getting in touch with how that feels. It doesn't Mm -hmm. always have to be around your pussy. Like pleasure can be so many different things. And I think developing a a personal pleasure practice that is not actually centered around an orgasm, but centered around you really steeping yourself in pleasure and with that and allowing yourself the freedom to explore what that is for you, right? So it's like mm-hmm. for me, I'm somebody who has a really small clitoris. We just did we just did an episode <laughs> about like the different size of clits. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I need to listen. Yeah. There's five small different si- there's five there's five different types of clits apparently. I didn't even know that. Really? Um, yeah. I yeah. 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 That yeah. So for me, it takes me a really long time, and for me, it's 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 accentuating different parts of my body, right? Like what type of music turns you on? What type of touch turns you on? And you can actually do this with yourself and take yourself on a date. Like take this time to get in touch with like what makes you feel really good and beautiful. I would also encourage like if you haven't, look at your pussy in the mirror. Mm -hmm. It's a really profound experience and really getting in touch, like spread eagle, put yourself in front of a mirror, make peace, and really learn to love your pussy and 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 forgive yourself. Like we did an episode where we did like a pussy gazing experience. And one of the things that was brought up for all of us was we wanted to say sorry to our pussies for making her do something she didn't necessarily want to do. I would say making peace, like use this time where you're alone to like make peace with your pussy and actually discover what turns you on because some people need just more than like direct clitoral stimulation. Like it's okay to have things be more gentle and to like take time with yourself, like take yourself on a date, make yourself Mm -hmm. your favorite meal, make yourself that chocolate souffle that fucking makes you horny, like (laughs) make it beautiful. Yeah. yeah, if I could add one more thing here is, you know, a great thing for this listener to do or anyone who's in the situation, highly recommend reading a book. The specific book I have in mind is Pussy, a Reclamation, um, mm-hmm. which which you can go to listeners can go to our website um, and um, under any episode show notes, um, there's a link to um get a free version of the audiobook on audible um so definitely go to our website and check out you know any of the recent episode show notes in there is a link to that um but reading this book um can be like one of the most intimate and fun experiences you can have on your own or getting if you have a couple girlfriends who would be down to like read it with you if the concept of like looking at your pussy and masturbating is confronting to you then I would even say like read this book by yourself or with a friend um and and I think that that's going to answer and uh, and re- resolve a lot of the whatever's unresolved there um mm-hmm. because you know, like, and so through your experience of reading and trying some of these exercises, like talking to your pussy, 
which is one of the things mm-hmm. Lindsay Messon mentioned, or looking at your pussy in the mirror or mm-hmm. masturbating, like Katie mentioned, these are things in the book. And so just like reading it and like being, you know, having that assignment at the end of the chapter might be the accountability that you need. Um, so I want to also touch on stress. So when stress is high, it's like a natural reaction for us to get turned off <clears throat> or experience not, you know, not being horny experience being like low, the experience of having low libido. Um, and so two things from an NLP standpoint, by giving voice or power to like my stress levels are just high or my libido is just low. It's like the same concept of when someone has a bad knee and and they say, oh, I just have a bad knee. It actually sends signals like it reinforces in your subconscious and actually reinforces whatever's going on with that bad knee showing up as the physical manifestation of what you correlate to as a bad knee. There's studies on this. And so I just want to bring some aware that to this conversation. So even saying like, oh, you know, my libido is low because I'm stressed during COVID. You're vocalizing that you're giving that you're making that real through your words. So a simple way to uh, approach this is to like, look at your communication and where you're actually creating experiences through your language. Um, so that was the other thing I just noticed here around, um, you know, just giving something a lot of power and, um, and also just around stress. Um, so stress, like I'm very anxious, uh, anxiety disorder or whatever runs my family. And I'm just like anti-medication around it. And like, I literally have to do like you know, Mary Jane at night, like, you know, the, the kind medicinally, the kind that mm-hmm. soothes Which your body. Which is legal here in LA. It's it okay. is legal. Yeah. 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 Very lucky. We have strapped down to um, It's legal here. It's not even a, it's not even a bad thing. It's legal here. Exactly. And so like my, my point is, is that like, I, I feel like I'm constantly spending so much of my time every day managing my stress. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's like, a huge part of my life is taking actions that manage my stress levels. Mm -hmm. And like, so the opportunity of taking some of our advice here that Katie and Lindsay pointed out and what I added with reading the book is that that's going to, what you can guarantee is that somehow that is going to work itself out. That stress Mm -hmm. will become something that you have to manage less and less and that you're subconsciously managing without realizing it through a masturbation practice through mm-hmm. like Lindsay's having a relationship with your pussy. So it's mm-hmm. like how to get rid of the stress can also be like such a stressful thing. Yes. Like, Oh my God, it's what am guilt. I going to do? It's guilt around having stress. Like you like, right. I'm so stressed. Mm-hmm. And it I'm creates like, more always, stress. Yeah. I always say my therapist, the best thing she ever said to me was I felt really guilty for having feelings for the bachelor still afterwards. And she was like, you already have these negative feelings and you're putting mm-hmm. stress and guilt on yourself for the negative feelings. Like it's a similar mm-hmm. thing. It's like, you are already worried about your lack of libido and you're stressing yourself out about your lack of libido, yeah. adding more stress. It's like a, it's yeah. a cyclical thing. It's exactly. And so that true. was the NLP thing I was talking about is it's just, it's recreating and refueling, you know, to support 
the case, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And like, it's just brilliant how our minds do this and how will we live, like you said, we literally create it and we just keep co-creating it. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Our I brains mean, are really smart that way. Really <laughs> smart that way. Well, I think that's amazing advice. So, and this is why I wanted to have you guys on because usually when we have these Q and A's, I'm like, and also, but I'm like, yep. And next one, because it's like everything's covered by all three of you. Okay. Oh, uh, cool. Aww. It's so good. You guys are amazing. And because you come from three different uh, perspectives as well. So I love yeah. that. That it's, that yeah, it's yeah, same, yeah. same, but different. So it's all <laughs> sex positive, open, but it's different experiences, which you all have. Okay. Yep. So the next one I found, I think this is perfect, like perfect, perfect, perfect for you guys. So this person's title of their email was, my boyfriend cheated and I'm unbothered, question mark, and this is pre-COVID. <laughs> so let's, let's answer this as though COVID doesn't exist, because I like pretending. Um, so the story behind this is, my boyfriend's dad passed suddenly. He came back from his dad's funeral in his small hometown and was acting fucking weird. We have an open phone policy, so I just checked his phone. There was a group chat uh, with his friends. Basically, he'd gone out while he was back in his childhood hometown, got really wasted, took some ketamine, and hooked up with a chick. Oh, I mean, fair. And hooked up with a chick. His friend told him not to tell me despite our honesty policy. So anyway, I asked him if something had happened, and he denied it. And then I asked him to go and get tested, and he said he didn't cheat, so he doesn't have to get tested. And then I said, if you didn't cheat, you need to stop acting like you did. And to remember that I'd rather an honest mistake than a betrayal. He won't admit it, but he's being extra attentive now. And I feel like he will confess in his own time. The thing is, I've been cheated on before and that was a deal breaker at the time. But this isn't. It's a betrayal that hurts. I don't know if it's an indication that I'm being a pushover or if I'm willing to accept this behavior because perhaps monogamy isn't the most important thing to me anymore. And I've had this uh, predicament before where I've been cheated on and or I've been betrayed. And I'm like, I don't really care. Does that mean that I want an open relationship? Or does that mean that I'm being... Because your friends tell you that in monogamous relationships, you're being a pushover. Or like, come on, like, have some respect for yourself. So I'd love to hear from you guys, because you have experience in open relationships, what you think... Yeah, I, I feel like there's actually multiple layers here and multiple questions here. So I can share that I I was actually in an open relationship. Right. So where we were allowed, we were like allowed to fuck other people. But he had gone to Vegas to a bachelor party. I'm like, how fucking cliche can you be? Um, and <laughs> and and cheated on me and I caught him and um, he initially lied about it. But I, the thing that got him to actually confess was like, I'm not going to leave you. I just want you to be honest because the lying is the thing that's going to hurt the most. And I, I think that's my first point. So, yeah, intercourse with another person is one thing. And like that affects other people. You know, some people it really affects them a lot. Other people it doesn't. And that's one type of betrayal. But I do think when I shared this story with people, the thing that hurt the most was the lying. Mm -hmm. And I think for her, it's really, um, if he's still lying and she knows for a fact that he's lying, you have to choose for yourself. Are you willing to be with a liar? Because for me, like cheating is a fuck up and, and that's for people to decide on their own if they can be with that or not. But lying is, um, a way deeper 
thing. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, like I, my, in my situation, he, he came out to me and, and we tried to be open and everything. And, um, I think that a one-off infidelity can be something that's worked through. I think lying, if someone is an innate liar, I, I do think that that's something to really pay attention to. Mm-hmm. If someone's yeah. not going to be honest with you, like that's a deeper, um, that's a way deeper wound than cheating for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like, um, if she's not affected by it, there may be a conversation of like, do they want to broach the conversation of non-monogamy mm-hmm. or, or an open relationship, which is an, which is another option. If she's unfazed by it, maybe, maybe she's someone who's kind of open to that, you know, mm-hmm. but only do it if it's your, your real fucking truth. Cause for me, I'll tell you my personal story. It's like my partner cheated on me. Then he told me like, I ha- we, I, I'm not a non-monogamous person and I went for it, but his, he didn't respect me in the process of being non-monogamous. If you're going to be non-monogamous, like it can be the most beautiful thing. And it can also be horrifically traumatic depending on the partner that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely not the easiest way to have a relationship, but it is some people's total truth. Mm -hmm. So what I would say to her is like, first of all, like the honesty thing is a big red flag for me. Second of all, if she's open to non-monogamy, like opening that conversation, the thing that had my partner confess was I was like, look, I'm not going to leave you if you tell me the truth. We can work this out. You know, I would also encourage her to be a little bit more ruthless. Like if you know something for a fact, like why are you willing to be in a situation where where you know someone's lying to you? That's also something to take a look at. Like why are you willing to be in that situation? Yeah. yeah, it's I almost have... like you go, sugar. It's yeah, it's almost you. like maybe say like, "Yo, I looked at your phone." Yeah, you know, because like yeah. I've actually been Pick in the situation like, like that. I've, she's you're fucking in. busted. What the yeah, fuck? like you're yeah. also and busted. Yeah, they have yeah. A policy that's okay. So it isn't like he's going to go. Well, that's a that's a violation of privacy. They have a policy. She's allowed yeah. to do that. Yeah. So why, like why is she unwilling to bust him? That's that's really more of what, what I'm wondering. Like, why is she unwilling to bust him? Well, and I, I think actually, specific. like, it might be something around, like, what we want other people to do. Usually, like, if we look within ourselves, like Gandhi says it best, right? Like, change you want to see, like, change within yourself first. So, wanting uh, him to be honest, like, I appreciate holding space for him to, in his own time, like, share. Uh, the truth at the same time though like being up right away like Lindsay said like you're in kind of enduring like waiting for him to say because you haven't done what you're asking him to do which is to just be honest about it so maybe take on maybe for this person it's just like take on doing what you're asking like be honest with him like I look through mm-hmm. your phone I so I know and you know what I got to tell mm-hmm. myself I look through your fucking phone I don't like that yeah. I did like I've had to do that you know and my husband wasn't you know he hadn't cheated on me but I didn't know he was texting like this woman that like we became friends with and this mm-hmm. was like right in the beginning when we were like working out our kind of kinks or, or mm-hmm. not kinks like 
kinky kink, but like yeah. the uh, the like um, the, yeah, uh, I mean, wrinkles. Like a, yes, wrinkles. Yeah, the go. wrinkles <laughs> we needed to like iron out, right? And yeah. and this was one of them. And so when I asked, he didn't he didn't say anything up front. And to, like, actually have the conversation that there was a have, I had to be like, oh, fuck, dude, I'm so sorry. I checked your phone. I fucking mm. hate that I did that, but, like, I kind of knew something. Yeah. And, like, I'm glad I trusted myself because I was right. Mm-hmm. So, like, can we mm. just talk about this? Because, like, I know, and now you know that I know, and, like, let's now mm-hmm. move beyond that and address the actual Yeah, like, it, and, like, admit what yes. you did. Like, I admitted it. It was, like, a, a little bit of, he's like, you checked my phone. I'm like, you cheated on me. And I've yeah, never so checked your phone before until I had yeah. like women have an innate instant. Like we have an instinct. I don't I'm not the type of girl that like sorts through someone's phone. But when I had an instinct, yes, I did. And I don't regret it. Well, and they right. have an open phone policy. So yeah. he didn't delete it what off of it? his phone either. Like it's he wanted to get caught in a way and she doesn't want to bust him. So mm-hmm. there's a dynamic to look at to look at there and where that shows up elsewhere in your relationship. Yeah. Um, Because that kind of cat and mouse kind of thing can be fun, but it can also be cause huge rifts in your long, if you are looking to have a long-term relationship with this person can be a really big issue down the line. So it's better to nip it in the bud now um, and just both parties come clean and really decide like which, how do you want to create your relationship, you know? And I'm, you know, on the monogamous train. So if my husband ever did, I mean, it would just be over and I'd take half of his money and that would be that. So, (laughs) and that's how Katie feels about that. (laughs) So, um, but you know, it's, um, that's that's just for me personally but this is like you know you really have to i agree you really have to confront and look at why aren't you confronting it and what has you endure being in pain yeah because you're really painting yourself as the victim and you're you're benefiting from that in some way so what's the payoff of being a victim and what is the detriment that it's actually doing to your life yeah. I love that because in a relationship before I had a boyfriend who treated me horribly and I did sort of love being the victim. Um, love being the victim in that not that I was like I love being poor me, but I loved having the power of being the victim and being like, I know oh, that yeah. I and it was like this it was this this paintbrush of like when I was like twenty one, I was like, I do everything good and you do everything bad because of this one mm-hmm. thing. And it is that is a payoff from being the victim. That is such and it's passive aggressive, actually. That is mm-hmm. so yeah. true. And it's, not respo- is, yeah. it's not respond. It's not. It's not a fully responsible embodied woman. Yeah. No. So in short, what we're saying is, a confront him or talk to him about it. Have an open conversation about it. You have an open phone policy, so just talk to him about it. You're not even going to be in trouble. <laughs> like you have an yeah, open phone are, policy. Yeah. Like, like just be like, look, I saw the fucking evidence. What the fuck, bro? Like, why is yeah, she accepting this? I don't lying? understand that. The thing is, yeah. if, if, if she'd asked and then he'd gone, yeah, you know what? Then she wouldn't have had to mention the evidence. But it's like, okay, but I have this, though. So, yeah. like, you've lied now, even though I know it happened. That's the thing that would really hurt me, I think. Yeah. And would That's the thing. I, that's the biggest red flag for me, that he's mm-hmm. lying. Like, cheating is... 
in my personal opinion, like, if it's a one-off and like someone's going through something, like they're grieving the death of someone, totally. like people people fuck up. I do. I mm-hmm. I have space for yeah. that, but the lying is more of a red flag to me. Hundred percent. The thing is, most of the questions that I get, my answer is just talk to them. Like it just it's just it seems so simple. Just just because I've had relationships where everything is spoken about and everything is on the table and it's never a taboo topic or a scary topic, even when people fuck up. So, so many emails, it could just be solved by a conversation where you're both honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, love, love that, Katie, about you saying, yeah, love, <laughs> Katie, what you said about um, uh, uh, being the victim, what do you get from being a victim? Yeah, because okay, really they're both how, lying. Yes, they, oh my God, they are. Wow, mm-hmm. guys, honestly, my three glasses of Pinot Noir and this conversation <laughs> by my mind. <laughs> there, was a, there was a review on my podcast and it was like, Abby gets so tipsy, it's embarrassing. Suck my clit. 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 And do it gentle and soft all at the same time. But hurry and slow. Um, so, as I said before, the three of you host the podcast Clit Talk. As we all know, mm-hmm. you're very well versed in sexuality and relationship styles and all the different amazing things that I aspire to speak about on my podcast. Um, <laughs> and you describe it as sex education. I got it right that time. Um, uh, and what inspired you to start the podcast? You've spoken about this book a few times, and I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, so Katie. we were at Sugar's um yeah, so we were at Sugar's bachelorette party and um we were doing this circle where she was trying on all the lingerie that we got her and we were just like rooting rooting for her because she's so fucking hot. And um that and was then my idea. I was like, gift. let's only give her lingerie. Like what the fuck else do you need? I mean, that's that's <laughs> that what we is, did at my bachelorette too. Yeah. That's an amazing idea. I love that. And um, one of the girls who um, has been on the podcast and wrote over 80 episodes got her this book um, called Pussy, a Reclamation and a Yoni Egg. We were like, what is that? So anyways, it just opened up all these conversations. And Lindsay was like, we should start a show called Clit Talk. And then fast forward had a two few weeks, drinks. we were on this <laughs> book club. Yeah. Lots of drinks. Lots of drinks. Lots of fun stories. <laughs> yeah. And um, we started a conference <laughs> We started a conference called Book Club, and um, as we were reading this book, all of our lives, we had, I think, 10 or 12 women in the book club, and all of our stories, our lives were just shifting and changing for the better the more that we were owning this conversation of reclaiming our own pussies in our, like, individually and just saying the word. And, um, and then it was, you know... A show. Yeah, well, because one of the big points of the show, or of the book, sorry, is that, like, pussy, the word, right? It's like pussy, a reclamation, right? Like, one of the big things that Regina Thomas-Shaw, who we actually, like, had on our show, which was a She came on our show. Fucking huge moment. She's a New York Times bestselling author, and we, like, somehow got her on the show. (laughs) Um, You know, one one of the most powerful things that she talks about is, you know ironically right pussy has been used to describe people as weak and when you and when you think about it the pussy is actually one of the most powerful organs in the body Mm 
It can fucking yeah. open up and deliver a baby. It can take a pounding. You know, testicles are way like more sensitive than a pussy. So it, it really speaks to the patriarchy. And, you know, we do we love men. We actually are not anti. We, we love one of our biggest commitments is gender harmony. Mm-hmm. So we're not blaming men. We actually are looking to bring everybody together. But it's ironic that pussy has been used as a word to describe weak. And really even just reclaiming that one thing about it. You know, we all used to be, I would say, Katie, like was like really uncomfortable with the word pussy. But when you actually like define it, like vagina is very clinical. And yoni is like there's lots of different words for it. But it's like. What's wrong with the word pussy and actually mm-hmm. reclaiming that word as women as a, and as humanity and actually having an empowering context behind that word mm-hmm. was something that really moved us. And we mm-hmm. were having like it was sort of like a revelation for all of us. Like I had considered myself a really open sexual person, but had never considered that concept. And so the conversations we were having, we were like, really moved by it and moved by this book. Mm -hmm. And we were like, you know what? People should hear these conversations and, and women Mm -hmm. should know that they're beautiful and perfect just the way that they are. And that gender harmony is a real possibility, a real Mm -hmm. possibility for everybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, That's so funny. You say about the word pussy. See in Australia, we just say cunt all the time. Like we literally say cunt. Do you ever say cunt during sex? Or just us? Well, you know what's funny is we sign off every one of our episodes with "We'll see you next Tuesday," which is okay. Which pause. Okay, during the okay, during during the show during the Bachelor, one of the girls in the house called the Bachelor a dog cunt, which is a dog like, cunt. What's a dog, like a cunt? dog cunt? So, like, like in Australia, let me just give you a bit of a cultural um uh, education. So, okay. in Australia, you can say like sick cunt, dog cunt, like like mad cunt and like dog cunt is like you're like a you're a dog like you're a like a dog to the boys yeah but yeah, sick yeah cunt it. is obviously a good thing right so one of the girls called him a dog cunt i told the bachelor that she called they were calling him the dog cunt around the house and there was a meme going around that he was like uh you called me a dog uh uh see you next tuesday on live <laughs> television because it's the only way they can make it happen so when i hear that i'm like triggered back to the time that I fucking dobbed on someone um oh. but well we're but doing no, it as, I, a, as in a, a it's like a like a subtle like cunt is actually we want to take the stigma out of words like that yeah see because we are like my um a lot of people that I that I have sex with use the word cunt in like a sexy way and I wonder if that was the same that was the same in the US because in Australia the word cunt obviously isn't as intense but, well, you know, um, what's funny we, is like our, our show is called Clit Talk, right? Clit is, yes. you know, short for clitoris, which is a part yeah. of the anatomy. Yet iTunes has starred out two of our letters. No, I saw oh, that. Yeah. Because, so because apparently clit, we're sent, clit is apparently a four letter word, you know, but there's, there's shows on iTunes called The Dick Show. But Even our episodes okay. that are cock talk, they don't star out. They, like, they don't they star out the word clit, cock, they but do. they star out the word clit, which is really is interesting. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you guys, you guys are up to season four now, right? On your mm-hmm. podcast. And mm-hmm. I assume yeah. that in all of your canned discussions that you've had and all of the 
I guess you've had on everyone, um, you've learned a lot about yourselves and other people and sexuality. What would you say you think is the number one thing you've learned or has your mind changed on a certain issue at all? Like, what have you learned or what has been like a big thing that the podcast has impacted you on? I mean, I guess for me, um, we've had sex workers on the show, right? Like, and sex workers for those of like the umbrella of that is like escorts, um, porn, like people who work in porn, like all of that. And I always was a very sexual person, but I didn't realize that I still held a little, just the tiniest bit of judgment. Like, oh, mm-hmm. these are, these are damaged people who do, th- who do this. Mm-hmm. And when I actually had the opportunity to meet people who were sex workers, I realized no, they're not necessarily damaged. Like, I'm sure there's a range, but the people that I've had the opportunity to have an interaction with Nina Hartley, Riley Reyes, um, you know, Dr. Um, Lori, 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 who, um, who is actually like a, a, um, a sex therapist. So she would, she would work with people who, you know, maybe have never had sex before and they're like 60 years old. And she would start working with them as gently as like just touching their arm because they are so deprived for attention. And one of the statistics that like really shocked me was the the biggest statistic of sex workers. There's a whole thing of professional huggers, people just dying for human interaction. Yeah. Yes. And and so I, I really was able to dismantle my view on sex workers and I actually feel like it is a tremendous contribution to humanity and the stigma that's attached to it is like truly unfair. Mm-hmm. It is unfair, um, totally. And and I would And how regulated they are is extremely unfair because it makes it very hard unfair. for them to make a living. Yeah. yeah. It's the oldest profession in the world. Like you're mm-hmm. really gonna like give someone a hard time for like being a professional hugger? Like what's wrong with humanity that that is Mm -hmm. something that's like stigmatized, right? Like there are people that really struggle. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing for me, and I'm sure Sugar can talk more on this is, you know, I started the show in a completely monogamous heterosexual relationship. And my journey on the show has been, you know, dancing the Kinsey scale and dancing the monogamy scale and releasing my judgment about that such to the point that I'm like, you know what, however, someone wants to have their relationship that truly authentically works for them with integrity, who am I to fucking judge them? And I, sugar's like really the expert on this, like, like a, a non-monogamous successful marriage. So I, I'll, I guess I'll let you speak to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, I would say freedom is the number one thing that I've really learned um, and that I've, you know, my mind has been forever altered around uh, how to access freedom. And mm-hmm. the way, the very thing you think that's the scariest, that's going to feel like the most strapping and where there's no freedom usually is the thing that yields the most freedom. It's like when you just face fear head fucking on, yeah. what's on the other side is the absence of that fear, you know, the utter joy 
Um, so yeah. I think I've really learned, um, that's the greatest thing I possibly could have learned. I never mm-hmm. intended to go into and explore a non-monogamous relationship at all. That's my fucking mm-hmm. man. Like, don't fucking talk to him. And um, at the same time, I was like secretly, or so what I thought was so secretly, having my own crushes on people. Um, yeah, weirdly crushing on people, having these sexual tension, energetic ex- exchange with others, and pretending it wasn't happening, which is just so fucking incredibly inauthentic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and something that's so funny I say now, it's like, it's actually okay for me to text my guy friends and my husband to text his friend girls. And it's actually okay mm-hmm. to have guy friends and friend girls. Um, mm-hmm. So... just opening up, opening up your perception Mm -hmm. and and being open to that there's other truths, Um, being Mm -hmm. open to discovering your truth instead of having it be a predetermined um, is something that every one of us has available to us. Like we can always check in with ourselves. Um, So really always checking in with yourself, you know, and, and using your, your, your experience of pleasure as a litmus test to mm-hmm. um, your personal joy, your freedom, you know, you could even look at it as your health and your overall well-being. Um, your pleasure and your experience of pleasure or how often you're having sex or, you know, just how often you're having fun is a litmus test. Um, mm-hmm. for where you're, where you're fucking at, you know? Um, totally. yeah. So I think we all, I, I would call it the great pussy in the sky. Like Regina Thomas shower says, it's like, I love that. Yeah. The GPS. Totally. I love that. Great pussy okay, in the sky. You? What have you, what have you learned or has anything changed your mind or what have you been open to from this podcast? Well, I definitely have changed my mind on a lot of things, but I think the, um, which we're going to get into later, uh, uh, but what I've really learned, I mean, I s- mentioned before that I started how I didn't enjoy sex. I didn't have a pleasure mm-hmm. practice. And um, what it, was really underneath all of that was a fear of intimacy. And mm-hmm. I didn't have any shame around my um, body during sex. I felt very confident. And what I hot. discovered is I would really put on a show. <laughs> And do what I thought you were supposed to do. And it, it wasn't really, it was so external and not about me at all because mm-hmm. I didn't actually know what I wanted because I didn't, I'd never experienced yeah. getting myself off at all. So I um, didn't know what to ask for. So it was, I think that's really been the greatest discovery and most fun journey for me on this show is exploring different things that work and don't work. Like I definitely don't want to open my marriage, you know, and where my boundaries are. She's a hard to climb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Very hard to climb. Trying to convince her. She's so- <laughs> oh, yeah. sugar She's are constantly in. like, are you sure you don't want us to go down to you? And Katie's like, but fuck are you off. Sure you <laughs> well, sure? like, there's power like, in her decision because she's checked in yeah. with herself. She's actually yeah. taking the time and be 100%. like, she's connected to her pussy. She, and, and that's she's her friends truth. With us. She's, she's been around it. She's like had to have considered it at one point. Like, 
Yeah, no. Yeah. And there's power yeah, in that. That's great. And, you know, and setting totally. powerful boundaries and being really clear about communication, about intimate things was something that I really, I really wasn't ever comfortable doing and I wouldn't do it, which is why it didn't exist in my life. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that's definitely been the greatest lesson of being a host of Clit Talk and getting the opportunity to experience all the great guests and field, <laughs> what do we call it when we go into the field to really do research on like For the, the underground world of the podcast. We're at a sex dungeon for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> well, let's we are though. Because like, well, my next question actually is about um, some very serious, very intense research you all did. Um, uh, okay, so I listened last night um, about uh, on episode 28 of your podcast. If anyone wants to listen, I highly recommended it. It, like, flew by. I wanted an extra two hours of it. Um, you guys attended a sex party. And this we was, did. what, was it last Halloween or was it Halloween before? Oh, Halloween before God. it must have been. I think it was. Nine old now. It was last Halloween. Two. It was last Halloween. No, no, no. It was the so one before. Because oh, okay. last Halloween, I had Cooper. Okay, okay. Jeez. Yeah. So I'm 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 so jealous because I've wanted to go to a sex party for a while, but in Australia, it isn't as big of a thing, and I feel like it maybe may not be as safe because I think the kink community in Australia is starting up, or it's kind of older people, and me being 24, and also being a quote unquote public figure probably isn't the best mm. idea for me to go to one of those um but it sounds mm. like such an amazing you'll just experience. have to come to la and go to a sex party with I that's what i was gonna say you gotta come out here we'll come take you we'll take care of everyone <laughs> everyone's a public figure here so they yeah, won't no care okay why i'm in la jesus fucking christ i'm a little i'm a grain of salt um but what what now if anyone wants to listen to the whole experience and and the whole you know, intimate details, I can go to episode 28. But what I wanted to know was what was the most surprising thing you found at the sex party and would you go again slash I'm just, would you go again? I think you guys have gone again. But I'll be, <laughs> I'll be really, I'll be reviews. really brief. I'll be really brief. So yeah, I always say the most surprising thing about a sex party, and mind you, I've only been to the sex parties. I've been to pretty high caliber sex parties or parties that – my friends within the, you know, the poly community have hosted. Um, so I can't speak to the quality of the sex part of all sex parties in the world. Right. Like that's my disclaimer. But in my personal experience, what I would say the weirdest thing about a sex party is how not weird it is. Yeah. That's what I found from the episode. I was like, yeah. And I, cause I this is Dan Savage. I love Dan Savage. You guys Dan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan oh yeah. Savage. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I know Dan so Savage I for love sure. <laughs> so my ex-boyfriend of three, he introduced me to that, and that's how I kind of got introduced to kind of being educated about all the different kinds of sex through yeah. Dan. And every every time I hear him speak about sex parties, it's like, or callers speak about sex parties, it's like it's so natural, is so considered, and it's so yeah. natural, and it isn't forceful, and it isn't, you know. Um, it isn't like people are just grabbing you left, right, and center, but everything no. is very. Um, yeah, comfortable. Which yeah, is if you're going, if you're if it. you're going to sort of like a higher class, like respectable one that's actually run in the right way, consent mm -hmm. culture is huge, right? Mm -hmm. It's 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 really like asking permission for everything. Like we had one of our cast members, Crystal, be like, she went to the sex party and then she went to a regular bar, and the men were way more aggressive in the regular bar. It's yes. like, it's so 
I think it's it's interesting, right? It's like people are actually on their best behavior. And when there's multiple opportunities, like someone would be like, hey, you want to make out? And you're like, no, they're like, okay, cool. Because there's like five other people that might be willing to do it. When yeah. everyone is like, it, when everyone is just being open about their sexuality, there's this beautiful environment that's created. And I've actually hosted a few sex parties. And one of the things that we did that was like really important is have like an intention circle beforehand and this is something sugar's like the queen of this she's Mm -hmm. you know but it's like having an intention set beforehand where people can have the freedom of communication and like the shame taken out of why they're there creates such Mm -hmm. a beautiful environment like like it's okay we want to like it's okay if you want to be a part of an orgy like there's Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with like non-monogamy like the sooner we can take shame out of that conversation, I think the more people are going to, like, be themselves. 100%. Mm-hmm. Sugar, do you have any thoughts on this? Because I've heard you're the queen of the sex party. She is so the now queen. I need to hear, oh my God. Really need to hear her comments on this. So, oh you, so you throw sex parties. Well, and... I'm going to rephrase this. Play parties. And now I'm just like, that is so not even what it really is. So now I'm really... It, what it is, if you want to call it like what kind of gathering it is, it is a an adult healing play date. Mm-hmm. It these, is, but it these, are healing, but these are your specific. These are your specific. This is a very curated, like sugar magical event. Like I don't want people to feel like this is what all sex parties no, are because this yeah. is this is yeah. a really beautiful thing that you've level. created. I yeah, have, yeah. and 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 what I'm looking to, what I do though is like sh- like kind of showing people that you can create this sacredness even with just a small group of your friends. Like it doesn't have to be like I'm. So I'm doing it through like demonstrating it, and like I even you know kind of like facilitated this zord this like zoom orgy that wasn't even really an orgy and um you know it's oh you it's, you facilitated it um well i did lead a whole meditation in the beginning and then like do a whole clearing of the fears and concerns and did you guys do this together no, and not tell off, me about done. it okay moving on Yes, oh we, had a, Zorgy. Wait, we yeah, had a Zorgy. We had a Zoom orgy. We had a Zoom. Me and Sugar had a Zoom orgy together or whatever. So going tangent, but Katie, in a nutshell, yes, we had a dinner party <laughs> on Zoom. No, seriously, look, uh-huh. as friends, you know, it was a, like a three, uh, like what, three couples on a date on, yep. we cooked food and just did that. And then we were talking about how we've been talking about that. And then I was like, well, if you guys are serious, let's fucking do it, right? I was not the one who was like advocating it for a while right I was actually against it but I heard in the conversation like this curiosity but also this resistance so I was like naturally met with the challenge like all right well let's fucking do this and I I again only really wanted to do it for the opportunity to facilitate that that I wasn't was resistant for me. to yeah and impromptu, impromptu we had a we had a Zorgy zoom orgy is what you're calling it well it was yeah. a zoom orgy we are calling it a zoom well look at how cool this is listen so <laughs> I did the, I let, what are we supposed Lizzie to do had this great idea to play this game where each couple got to um, come up with and strategize what they wanted the other two couples to do and then one of the each couple would go at the same time so just picture this at the scene everyone has their bedroom set these are all friends who love and trust each other who don't really play together but like are on the outskirts of the community but like super know each other to the core right and know about Mm -hmm. our commitment with clit talk and so it's just a naturally open kind of conversation and we're and so we're all on zoom right and we we literally do a full body like five to ten minute meditation 
acknowledging our concerns and fears about even doing this. Which was beautiful, by the way. It was really beautifully led. Thank you. Amazing. And it just gave everyone like permission to acknowledge them and let them go for the opportunity to have a breakthrough on really being present. <laughs> and what more confronting mm-hmm. of a way than when you're on fucking Zoom with your goofy-ass <laughs> fucking friends who, like, you're not necessarily even turned on by, but it's not even a fucking about that. What? It's actually about... You're not about, turned on by me? No, I am, but, like, the situation is kind of awkward. Like, come <laughs> on. Weird, you know yeah. what? It's a bit it's weird. Yeah, it's a bit weird, but it's right, like the yeah, opportunity yeah, to, to <laughs> confront the uncomfortableness and create something mm-hmm. opp- amazing. So after this meditation we play this game and no joke Lindsay and her partner uh they're the first couple the and it's so cute to see them strategize and finally they're ready like okay all right we know we know what we want you guys to do and um they said all right so we want you to imagine that you haven't seen each other in a year and you're just seeing each other for the first time and you kiss Oh, right. Like, how cute is that? That's a, like, oh, and then you get to watch like, three different couples. Like, then you get to watch three different couples, like, like, do like, that. do that. Which I think like, oh, that was really beautiful. Right? Like, yeah. my husband, like, I've been with him for six years, like, to be able to, like, act that out. And we were like, oh, my God, this is so hot. Oh. And so we kind of just went in circles with that. And then eventually, like, yeah, we kind of were, like, wanting to fuck. And, like, one one of us, like, dipped. And then, like, the other two, two like, two couples stayed on and, like, weren't interacting with each other at all. It was almost like yeah. we came together and like it was like this started cool it. bonding kind of game that just <laughs> that's like yeah awesome yeah and so that's what i, I want to that. that's what i have to fucking say about like what's weird about sex parties or just in general like what is like what's the thing about trying things that are not non-monogamous is there's this consent culture there's this commitment or conversation going into it and what that does is creates an incredibly safe space and what i believe is that love is safety and so when we're little kids and we don't feel safe because like we're crying and mommy doesn't like change our diapers fast enough or daddy doesn't um pat our back or feed us when we're crying fast enough as in as infants we didn't feel safe our needs didn't get met in that Mm -hmm. moment and so a lot of us as human beings deal with like not feeling loved right well we can look back and we could probably connect that to where we actually just didn't really feel safe meaning that we didn't feel our needs were being met and so we had this experience Mm -hmm. being unloved so in this consent culture you're creating this incredibly safe space which actually brings forward an enormous sense of connection and and love that's very authentic and arises very authentically so that's surprising because you know i would go to bars and fucking get you know (laughs) Like my ass slapped, or like guys hitting on me, yeah, and like tits grabbed. Yeah, not the same. Feeling it's, violated. It's, and I can't you even tell you. I can't you even know? tell you how hot it is to have people ask you for permission to do everything. Even with my boyfriend, like when we hook up, it's like, I'm. Can I take off your dress? Can I take off your mm. underwear? It's so. This That's consent hot. is the so sexiest thing. So, Katie, as someone who's in a monogamous relationship and, mm-hmm. and was during this time, what was your yeah. experience like on the other end of the spectrum? Okay. Tell the, the truth, Katie. I mean, <laughs> something, did something crazy happen there? I don't know. I just heard, I just heard a rumor. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, did a little birdie tell you what happened there? Someone no. Told so, me. No. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I, it was the one sex party I, I've been to and I haven't yeah. been back, but I, I would maybe go again. 
Open to um, it. Open to but it. I'm kind of a one and done. I had a great time. But I guess uh, the story is I wanted to leave immediately. And um, as soon as like the sex started breaking out, I was very uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I started sobbing and like having a panic attack. And mm-hmm. then through and then my husband was like, OK, well, th- let's go. You know, we can go. And um, and I was through tears. I say, well, should we have sex first? That was my favorite. I literally, so I was painting when I was to the podcast and I heard that and I went, ha! Like, I literally was like, that is the best thing. And that is something that I would do. Like, well, should we at least fuck? Like, like we're like, here. We wasted the opportunity. That is amazing. I love that. I was like, I'll have nothing to talk about on the sh- on our podcast because oh. I knew that we were there to do. You were there for research purposes. Mm. Oh my god! So, geez. and the bonus that I found out a few months later was that I actually got pregnant that night. They were trying. And, they um, were trying to get pregnant. We were trying. They we were, were trying. trying. But okay. the date went back to. Halloween. Halloween. So it was amazing. um, Yeah, it was a very special night. So next time you try, it's maybe when I'm in in the US, we'll go to a sex party and I'll be like, Katie, are you trying? And you'll be like, I am. I'm like, get in the car. I might be down to go. If Katie's trying to have another baby, (laughs) she'll be down to go to a sex party. (laughs) I had a very different experience. Like, Lindsay and Sugar and other cast members, they were basically the show of the party. And that was not what my husband and I were comfortable doing. So we actually had a really great experience up on the rooftop. There were just, it was this Hollywood mansion and this dusky Mm -hmm. night. And um, there was just three couples up there and one had just finished and another one was in the middle and my husband and I took I was dressed as Wonder Woman and he was dressed as Clark Kent and so we just went at it and this couple like circled around the pool they kept their distance way far from us and watched us from a distance and that was actually really hot well, I can't wait to be in LA. Come to a sex party with us, Abby. <laughs> well, actually, I'm going to be up when this quarantine's fucking over. I'm going to host a sex magic play party. And, or, you know, like, you you should come um, to the Enchanted Barn House where I live I will, well, for one of my... Yeah. Like, listen, Abby, yeah. I have it that when the next time no. you're in LA, Sugar will literally throw a sex party in your honor. Like, this is happening. No, no, she I'm would. The first flight to L.A., yeah. I have a dick appointment in L.A., actually. So the, the a first dick appointment? flight to L.A. Yeah, I was supposed to. I was No, don't talk about it. I can't. I'm really upset about it. So I, <laughs> I'm really sad about it. And my other really good friend, her boyfriend's in L.A., so we're both, like, mourning this lock of penis. This lock of penis. But when the first, as soon as borders are open, bitch, I'm getting on the first flight. Bitch. To Los Angeles from Brisbane, 100%. You're so, coming. We will be there. We will be here I'll, to I'll, host I'll you, you at a sex party. We'll be here with legs wide Perfect. Week's warning is enough. Yes. Uh-huh. We'll, we run we'll production like clockwork here. Yes, we'll make it happen. Get it together. Um, so now <laughs> we'll talk about, so we touched on it before, but um, I know, Lindsay, you were saying before, and Sugar, of course, you have experience in open relationships, and Katie... You've married for 12 years in a monogamous relationship. Um, and I think it's really important on this podcast. It's a conversation that I want to have with a massive amount of people about monogamy not being the default setting. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that I know, even though they maybe are sex positive or feminists, they will shame people in open relationships. And even like my friends, if I'm like, oh, I'm fine if my boyfriend kisses other girls. They go, are you really though? And they're Mm. trying to make you go into the default of monogamy and absolute monogamy. And I wanted to talk about that shame and whether you have ever experienced that um, on your own. Because I used to experience that from the other side of shaming other people. But then I kind of, Dan Savage saved me, you know? Yeah, so the first thing I want to say is like when, yes, I've experienced shame. And what I've discovered is that when people like quote unquote shame us, it's really their own shame and their own discomfort that they're projecting. Mm Mm-hmm. As always, I think I think that's always the case, isn't it? When someone's trying to make you feel bad for something you're doing that isn't hurting anyone else, it's about an uncomfortability that they have with themselves. And they're trying to say, well, I'm not allowed to do that, so why are you allowed to do that? I can't comfortably have an open relationship, so why are you allowed to do that? As We are to own your sexuality, and I think that's really great that you're so open about it. Well, I can honestly say that I, at one point in my life, I did judge people for being in open relationships and then I found myself in one, right? Like I started, you know, monogamous for two years and then we opened it up and it wasn't the best experience for me, but being on this podcast and experiencing it, I do realize that like monogamy is not the only answer. Like there are so many different ways to be in a relationship. And if you have really strong communication and it works for both people, like it's, it's not, it's monogamy. It's so interesting that it's been drilled into our brains as like the moral thing to do. Right. But when you look at the history of human beings, it's actually not how human beings started. And it's not even necessarily, um, we did a whole season on a book called sex at dawn, where we literally really steep deeply into the history of humans and in tribal cultures, there are many benefits to non-monogamy and a tribal culture and to community living that modern culture does not have the benefit of. So I, I do think it's it's interesting in, in some ways we're working against our biology. I do think that in modern culture, people should have the choice, but I don't think that one should be considered more moral than the other. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I've experienced both and like, I think I skirt the line. I don't know what's right for me, but I also think it's okay to be fluid, right? Like, yeah, and to figure I'm, out what's I'm, best I'm, for you. I think just, yeah, yeah. I think that's just a whole misunderstanding that I've encountered when it comes to open relationships, and that people will be like, "Well," because I'll say to people, when I'm dating someone, I personally, I want to sex with people, and I want to like have that that flirtation, but I don't really want to fuck someone else like just me personally mm. but I'm happy mm. for my partner to fuck someone else and they'll be like they don't understand that it isn't it can be asymmetrical and it isn't tit for tat often and there's different there's different scaffolding for a relationship that it should just be tailored to the to the couple it doesn't matter what other people think it doesn't matter what you have to fit inside a certain box is what I'm trying to say I guess well there's actually and a term for that it's it's called compersion right so compersion is okay. compersion is actually when you actually legitimately have pleasure from experiencing someone else's pleasure like 
say your partner. And, and yeah. I feel like that's a really evolved way of being. It's like, if you can get to the place where you're actually experiencing compersion, like you legitimately have pleasure from like knowing your partner's having pleasure or watching them have pleasure is a really beautiful thing. And that's, a, mm -hmm. that's a real thing for people. And, and for people who I think naturally experience that are shame sometimes, like what's wrong mm. with you? You're weird. And like, no, I think that's actually a pretty evolved way of being. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And it's a positive feeling for everyone involved. Yeah. Sugar, what were you saying? Sorry. No, I was just, I mean, agreeing 100%. Uh, being, it's like, it's so simplified idea of like, I'm happy when you're happy, but it's like, I'm really actually happy when you are fully enjoying yourself in your life mm. and it, it is like takes mm. something to be there right because usually mm. we feel like well someone else's happiness is going to come at my expense there's going to be some cost yes. right or even if yeah. if i'm fully happy someone else is going to be impacted in some way i think it's a really normal thing there's a really great book called opening up a guide to creating and sustaining open relationships so i wanted to take a moment since we're talking about open marriages open relationships to just read this little segment here so i'm quoting this open marriage thus can be defined as a relationship in which the partners are committed to their own and to each other's growth it is an honest and open relationship of intimacy and self-disclosure based on the equal freedom and identity of both partners supportive caring and increasing security and in individual identities make possible the sharing of self-growth with a meaningful other who encourages and anticipates his own and his mate's growth. It is a relationship that is flexible enough to allow for change and that is constantly being renegotiated in the light of changing needs, consensus in decision-making, acceptance and encouragement of individual growth and openness to new possibilities for growth. This does not mean a sexual relationship. And so when we talk openly about this terminology, I think it's really important if these are like words you're hearing for the first time or like you have your own stigma on these words to really, really understand that, you know, language is left to the interpreter, you know, and it's subjective. And so these these term these terms are misunderstood or easily confused with other terms that in and of itself will produce that stigma. So, mm -hmm. some, you know, knowledge is power. So understanding is a great book that goes through literally every um, type of non-monogamous or, you know, monogamous relationship. And it's uh, incredibly insightful. There's so many different variations of relationships. What it all comes down to, though, even within these different types of, you know, in an open marriage or if you're polyamorous and in polyamorous relationships or if you're in um, partnered non-monogamy, um, to understand what these are. Now that you understand what they are, there's less judgment around it, right? It's mm -hmm. like the second we know something about something, we become educated, we become enlightened about that, and the stigma or the judgment goes away. And so it's a great book to just even understand it, um, to understand for yourself. Like a lot of um, – I think there may be – some people might not – might have that stigma and so they might not take that leap of exploration for themselves because the stigma is so much – that so heavy for them in general. So, um, this is a great way to break through that. Um, and, and open truly means committed to self-growth. I think that's the biggest thing I wanted to have everyone take away here is it's about a commitment to self-growth. So within that, there's going to be your own set of boundaries within your relationship. 
mm-hmm. for what that looks like based off what you consider to be self-growth, how you're measuring self-growth, what your needs are, if they're sexual, if they're non-sexual. Um, and so, you know, uh, I think a lot of times people say they're in an open relationship when they're fucking not. They're just basically consenting to each other, having sex with other people. That is not mm-hmm. necessarily constitutive of what, like, actually an open marriage is, which is, like, sad yeah. because there's, there's, a, there's a stigma a lot around. Of, there's a lot of great – so what's the name? There's a lot of great resources out there. Like, the, the book that you mentioned is what, Opening Up? This is Opening Up. Within yeah. this a book, my, it recommends yeah. a ton of books within yeah. here specific like to my, certain things. So, yeah, like, one of my with, favorite books to, like, the introduction of this lifestyle is The Ethical Slut which is kind of like a, a really, a really uh, basic book to that. And um, it really just opens you up to like, if it's something you're considering to like, see if that's something that like interests you, but there's a lot of really, like, I think both of those, the book you mentioned sugar and both of them are like really great resources. Well, actually this mm-hmm. book's more like an encyclopedia. So like, Ethical slut is listed in one of the sections, actually, of polyamory. Ethical slut is the recommended read to go dive deeper into that. So this is more like one of those books where when you go through the, like, I don't know, there's like 20 different sects, there's um, recommendations to learn more about them to other resources, too. So it's, like, really – it's a really good, like, broad scope, but, like, getting into ethical sluts, like, one of the fucking best yeah, like resources like so many people on our podcast have talked about that yeah. book so like yeah. okay, you, gotta, you gotta definitely get that i'll link i'll link Go both on. in the um opening up and ethical slut uh in the uh show notes because they sound both amazing i need to read both of them yeah. so i wanted to finish yeah. just on yeah. because you guys your whole podcast is about being sexually confident and open and being educated and in you know enlightened in regards to sex and i just wanted one more question for you guys um, I get so many questions from people on Instagram and on the podcast emails about how to be confident in bed or when sending nudes or feel, even just masturbating and feeling sexually liberated enough to masturbate without guilt. And if you had one piece of advice for people who struggle with that, what would that be? Well, I would definitely say um, – that's been a really a huge journey of our entire cast is like developing a a personal pleasure practice as we like to call it because there's so much more to masturbation than just rubbing your clit there's there's a whole world out there and we've actually developed um you know because a, a free giveaway if you go to our website clittalkshow.com we have a a free um a free pleasure course that really really dives deep into this like um it can be so a pleasure can be so many things it can be sex magic where you're manifesting what you want through masturbation it can be stroking your legs it can be laying there and and looking at your vagina and accepting your vagina or your cock for everything it is like pleasure is such a really deep conversation that I think deserves everyone's attention. Like a self-pleasure practice for me personally has made such a difference in my life. Like honestly, it's made a difference in my relationships, in my finances, in my body image, like developing a pleasure, a self-pleasure practice where you really acknowledge the beauty of who you are and the beauty of girl, like really getting, getting in touch with your pussy and learning to listen to her is such a powerful thing. I would say like that would be my number one piece of advice is like really like taking the time to like get present to your pussy Mm -hmm. 
Sugar, do you have anything else to say on that and how to be confident and sexually liberated and all the things? Oh my gosh, all the things. All the things. Oh, all the, well, the advice that you guys have given yeah, is kind of encompassed I gotta say, this. I want to leave you. What was, oh my gosh. I want to leave you with an inquiry uh, for your quarantine, uh, which is how good are you willing to have it? I love like, that. That's incredible. That's kind of yeah. like our saying, like me, Lindsay, and Katie. It's like that is seriously something we've all been a foundation for our motivation, you know, mm-hmm. because if it's if it's painful, if it's fucking, you know, if you're if you're if you're feeling the resistance around it, go toward the resistance like it probably means it's right. There's, there's, there's a difference in a fine line between like, you know, if something's toxic, but like, you know, when it's not toxic, you know, when Mm -hmm. it's just like, damn, this is, this is so intense because this is so fucking right. And I am so on my fucking path. Mm -hmm. And so how good are you willing to have it? Um, you know, get messy, experience it, try shit, try it. Like you, you, like we are only here once on this planet, pleasure is our birthright and releasing shame starts with knowing that pleasure is your fucking birthright yeah and I, and, and shaming yourself is like a waste of time like quit shaming yourself for that. how you really feel yeah 100% you guys are so incredible I knew this would be a good podcast but this is honestly my favorite I, I think I've learned so much I think my listeners will learn so much you are all such intelligent gorgeous um insightful women and you have such a unique perspective each of you and i really can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast um mm. so where can we find you on instagram quit talk show is that right you guys tell me the yep. tell me the handles yep. our handle our handle is at clit talk show um our website is clit talk mm-hmm. and that's where you can you, if you go to clit you can sign up for our free pleasure course it's just something that we wanted to provide for people um and um yeah that's the best way to get a hold of us amazing i'll link that all in the episode notes as well and thank you so much hopefully in the next 12 months i'll be in la having a drink with you at a sex party (laughs) thank you so much katie will be ready to go to a sex party by then (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much